Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now, here's your host, my dad, Ryan Scott. Well, we are back to episode number 49 of the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Um, just how I normally like to start, I just want to start by saying thank you to whoever pushed to play on this uh, episode 49. I, I sincerely appreciate your time and your, your effort and your love. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I am genuinely, um, I think I'm probably as giddy as a schoolgirl to welcome this next guest. Um, I was turned on to the podcast that this young lady co-hosts several months ago, probably six or seven months ago. Um, and it's one of those podcasts when I found it, like I insatiably started listening to it and listened to it from front to, to, to back, just because I really uh, appreciated the authenticity, the um, organic conversations that happened, the just the realness, the rawness, and the fact that they were talking about um, topics that really needed to be talked about in education. And so I am super excited to be welcoming my friend from way up north, uh, Ms. Pav Wander. Um, if you don't know her, number one, you're living under a rock. But if you don't know Ms. Pav, um, she is probably the better half of the <laughs> staff. Don't tell Che. No, I won't. <laughs> she is the better half of the Staff Room podcast. Um, but other than that, she is an elementary school teacher with 15 years of experience, born, raised, and she now teaches in the north end of Toronto, Canada, where she teaches grades seven and eight. Along with her former teaching partner, Che Cheney, Pav co-hosts the podcast, like I said, the Staff Room Podcast, as well as a live educational music radio show on Voice Ed Radio called the drive and so without further ado miss pav thank you very much for being on the big ed idea podcast ryan thank you so much for the invitation and for having me on this is such a such an honor for myself uh you've said some very kind words and i know that che is going to be very happy to hear those <laughs> kind of words um he's often telling me that i'm the better half anyway right che so <laughs> um no i'm very pleased to be here and i'm very excited for our conversation today yeah, well, you know, uh, like I said, I first heard from, of you guys, I don't know, maybe six months ago. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate the genuineness. Um, you can tell that you put some love into the podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but sometimes you listen to podcasts and it's evident they're trying to sell something. Um, mm -hmm. But with you and Che, I don't get that. Yeah, we don't have anything to sell, first of all. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, we uh, we definitely try to keep it as real as possible. I mean, something that we've always said about our podcast is that it's as authentic uh, and in real time as it could possibly get. I mean, we finish our school day, especially when we started, we were just wrapping up the school day and recording before we went home at the end of a Friday, uh, Friday at the end of the week. 
And uh, and we would publish the episode right there and then <laughs> that's before right. leaving the building. Right. And uh, and so it we've sort of we've we've kind of changed things. There's a little bit of post editing that happens now, uh, but you know not much. It's still very much the same the same idea. Um, we record and we hit you know publish the same evening and and it's just based on the things that we've experienced that day that week in the last few days things that are happening in our classrooms in real time and um i think that authenticity just sort of resonates a little bit like that active practitioner experience yeah. um yeah it really it 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 works for us too it's it's a really reflective process for us so yeah so I, we're glad that's working out i appreciate um you know i've gotten okay so I, this might offend some people, but I've gotten way more PD from podcasts than I have any any PD that I've probably been sent to by district mm -hmm. folks. Mm -hmm. And and I think a part of that has to do with the fact that you're seeking it out yourself. Yeah, right? sure. It's not yeah, it's not top down. So you're you're out there seeking that learning for yourself, which always makes it a little bit more meaningful anyway. Um, but I think that podcasts have really become a very valuable space for, for professional development. And, um, we are constantly pushing for the fact that they, it should be oral, that oral content should be taken a little bit more seriously than it is, I think, um, in terms of, uh, credibility and validity. Um, and that's something that I think that we, we try to push for as well. So thank you for bringing that content, uh, to this educational space as well. Yeah. Well, all right. So, uh, the very first thing I always like to do on this podcast, um, like kind of, you said, like, this is very authentic. This is me. You get what you, well, you don't see, but you get what you hear. Um, I'm just mm -hmm. a guy who decided on my 40th birthday that I wanted to start a podcast. Um, and so I did, uh, my first episode was dropped on my 40th birthday and I've been rolling since. Um, so I want my listeners to know kind of what's going on in the lives of me and what's going on in the lives of you. Um, and so I don't know what it's like up in Canada. I don't know if you celebrate Halloween like we do down here. Um, but I love October. Um, October mm -hmm. is like that month that I love the most. Number one, I love scary movies. So like I have a kind of a tradition. I try to watch a scary movie every night. Um, it makes it hard. Yeah. It makes it hard now though. Cause I'm up by four 30 every morning now to get to the gym. So I can watch like 30 minutes of a horror movie. Um, but my daughter, before she went to college, our thing was always to watch the shining, the original, mm. the shining on Halloween night, all the lights were off. Um, but then also October, I love October because we make this soup called burgoo, which you probably oh. have never heard of. Nope. Okay. So what it is, we get outside, we go outside and we stand around a kettle, a metal kettle, and we cook it over the fire. And it's like different vegetables and usually like chicken and maybe beef and you cook it all day long. And it's just, it's a really cool community event that we do with my family every year. Um, and then on top of that, my girls are gaga about Halloween. So you know, it's what are we going to dress this year? What What's my family? So this year we're going to be zookeepers, my wife and I, and the girls are going to be different animals. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's what's going on at the Scott household. Uh, what's going on over at your place? 
I love that. Um, I love this this soup. I I gotta try this burgoo. You said it was burgoo. Yes. B u r g o o. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah so I gotta know a little bit I more think about it's a this. Kentucky but thing. Okay. Yeah. I like the uh, I like the community aspect yeah. of it. You know, yeah. like coming together for that. Um, that's awesome. Um, so in in Canada, yes, Halloween is a big deal, and so we're thinking about that. Um, but he, up here, we also have Thanksgiving in October. So we just oh. wrapped up Thanksgiving weekend. It was just this past weekend, and so uh, it was a long weekend. Um, and and you know, it's it was a very warm weekend, uh, abnormally warm a little sure. bit. So we spent a lot of time outside. Uh, my kids are. You know, they were thankful for a little bit of a break from all of their activities and things that they have going on. They're back at school now for the first time uh, since the pandemic began. They were virtual all of last year. And so now they're back in school face to face. So it's a little bit of a transition and we're sort of enjoying that downtime that we have. So the long weekend was really nice. Um, lots of apple pie this weekend and uh, lots of just sleeping in and relaxing and seeing friends that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, so that's something that's been going on. And uh, and I had just finished telling you that um, uh, just before we started recording that I just got back from my Muay Thai class. So I'm I'm getting all of that apple pie off now. That's That's <laughs> what's happening. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's it. It's just back to school and getting into the groove of things, getting ourselves settled. And it, it feels new still. And it's been six weeks we've been back in school, um, but everything still kind of feels like we're just sort of settling. So yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, tiptoeing. That's right. That's a good way to put it. But uh, yeah, that's just, that's what's going on. Nothing fancy nothing special just uh trying to <laughs> trying to get through day by day amen amen yeah so uh you know i'm a firm believer i know you and and che are but i know you especially um are firm believers in connection and relationships and stuff and so i really like to model for all the educators out there connections before content so that's why i really try to spend um a big brunt of this podcast getting to know each other um, mm -hmm. so I've got two questions for you and then you're going to spit mm -hmm. me to, um, okay. you know, don't hold me accountable for any of my answers. That's me. Okay. That's who you're going to get. <laughs> um, so my first question to you, um, and I, and I, so my listeners, I preface this first to make sure that this would not, um, irritate Pav before <laughs> I ask this. So, okay. So when I was growing up, um, I graduated in 99. So okay. South Park at that time yeah. was like the rage. And so I remember my junior and senior year, uh, every Wednesday getting together with a group of friends and watching South Park. Um, yeah. Sadly, and probably this is not going to make me look very good, but all I learned, all I know about Canada is what I learned from South Park. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So here's my question. One myth about Canada. That is absolutely one myth. Okay, that's the yeah. question. One myth about Canada. Oh, I wish I could tell you that we all say A was the <laughs> was the myth, but that's that's actually not the case. And if you listen to the podcast, you know how many times oh, yeah. we're dropping A. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is one myth? Um that we pour maple syrup on everything? I okay. don't know. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm fairly certain that was in one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah, no, 
<laughs> there's um don't get me wrong i love me some fresh maple syrup and <laughs> and that is something that we do uh you know as 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 an outing like you know when you go apple picking or whatever uh going to the sugar shack is one of the things that we do up here and there's there's maple candy like taffy that you can you make right on the snow and um awesome. Yeah, it's actually it's it's a lot of fun and students love learning like students kids everybody loves just learning about how maple syrup is made and okay. and it's it's a little bit part of you know that um, learning on the land like really learning what what uh, what gifts the land has to offer us and so tapping trees and learning about the whole process is it's kind of like a little coming of age thing here. So um, I think, you know, I guess it's a little bit of a myth, but maybe it isn't after maybe all. Isn't. Yeah, no, the more you say it, it doesn't sound like it. Um, so one, one myth about Kentucky that I heard, because I grew up actually in Indiana, um, okay. actually in a town called Santa Claus, Indiana. Um, very mm -hmm. funny. Yeah. From, so from all over the world, when you send letters to Santa Claus, it all, it all goes through this little bitty post office in Santa Claus, Indiana, that they have these little old ladies that work there all year and write letters back to the kids. Oh, that's where, yeah, that's where I grew up. But the myth about Kentucky is that all Kentuckians are barefoot and pregnant. Um, that, <laughs> well, that is not the case. Now, obviously, there are pregnant people or our population wouldn't continue. And you know, we do wear, we do walk around barefoot, but everybody mm -hmm. is not barefoot and pregnant in Kentucky. I see. Uh, can I ask you a question? I guess it's not my turn to ask you a question. I get to know you question. Listen, this is um, your show. This is my show. Yeah, I, I took over. Um, <laughs> do you take off your shoes when you enter the house in Kentucky? Um, so what do I do or what does my wife want me to do? Most, no, <laughs> most people, like what is the culture? Because up here in Canada, everybody, well, maybe not everywhere in Canada, but definitely here in Ontario, uh, you take off your shoes when you enter someone's house or your own house. No. 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 Okay. No, but but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely that is, that's a difference because I, want, I spent some time over in Sweden when I was 18 and 19, like three weeks at a time. And I, and I vaguely remember that was the same thing, but that was probably because mm -hmm. it snowed there all the time. So you had boots on. Yeah. I mean, that's the weather probably has something to do with why that is a thing here as well. But anytime I'm visiting my, uh, my cousin out in Houston, it's, it's like, I, my habit is to just leave my shoes or take my shoes off right at the door. And they're like, what are you doing? Why are you taking your shoes off? You're too polite. <laughs> too polite. Yeah. Okay. And so then when it gets snow on your carpet. Yeah. Right. In Houston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, you know, climate change, it has snowed down there recently. So It has, you're right. Okay, so my second question kind of comes from a conversation we were just having. Um, I am a fan of, of scary movies. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite scary movie? And if you don't like scary movies, then okay, you don't like scary movies. Um, I, I actually love scary movies on uh, Sunday mornings. Saturday or Sunday mornings. Well, I do I because it's daytime and there's a long time before I'm going to be sleeping. Uh, so if I'm watching a scary movie, that's when it's happening. Um, I loved the Scream movies when I was younger, and when I so when I was younger is when I used to watch a lot more of these. Um, I loved Saw back then. Oh, um, you are twisted. 
it was it, I like I loved and hated them at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, from when I was a kid, I was I was really scared of Labyrinth with David Bowie. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that counts as a scary movie, though. Listen but I was your... frightened. Yes. Yeah, I was frightened when I of those Muppets when I was a kid. Yes. Um, so that one will always go down in history as one of my my favorite scary movies. Uh, Labyrinth was one. So I've got an 18 year old daughter who just went off to college and um, I, it was, it was her and me for a while, probably for about three or four years of her life. Uh, and so our thing was either we would watch Lost every Sunday mm -hmm. night or we would watch Labyrinth. Like she loved oh. that movie. Um, yeah. Still to this day, we sometimes sneak it, but um, my favorite scary movie um, I actually just watched last week is American Werewolf in London, the one that came oh. out in 1981. That's the year I was born. Ditto. Oh, we're both no. 40. Look at that. That's why you must be cool. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. All right, Pav, what questions do you have for me? All right. Question number one, what is a meal or food? that reminds you of when you were young oh okay this is really okay whatever this my i can say it tacos um and the reason i don't know why other than so from 13 to 18 i played select soccer um okay and was on the, pretty much had soccer four or five days a week and i played about 45 minutes away from where i grew up and so there was a lot of travel time. And I remember coming home multiple times and my mom would make tacos because they were kind of fast to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember eating like 12 of them at a sitting because yeah, number one, I was like 15 and I was a boy and 15 right. year old boys eat everything. Um, yep. Yeah, that's, that's just what came to my mind. All right. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's fair. Um, for myself, and and it's gonna sound so gross, but um, plain bagels with craft uh, singles like processed cheese, uh, a slice of that on the inside. I know. I told you it's disgusting. Um, but like you don't even toast it or anything. You microwave it for fifteen seconds. So even worse. Um, but <laughs> and I recently uh, I was like I had these items around. I said to my son, uh, would you like to try this? Because this is something that I used to often eat when I came home from school and there was nothing to eat. There was like, I didn't, there was nothing good to eat and I really needed a snack. I would just cut, slice a bagel in half, put a slice of like processed cheese and I didn't even have the time to toast the bagel or anything first, stick it in the microwave 15 seconds. It would just get so soft and the cheese was like gooey and- I, I loved it at the time. I loved it. And so just, I don't know why I had the idea of doing this to my child uh, the other day, but he, I was like, try it. And he's like, this is gross, mom. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess. Uh, Everything we I think guess it cool is. is really not because we're parents. <laughs> it's really not. That's right. So yeah, that just, it's, it's that bagel and cream uh, that uh, not even cream cheese, like sliced cheese combination um, just yeah. reminds me of when I was a kid. Um, but absolutely disgusting. 
So that's question one. Question two, if you could visit any country or place in the world tomorrow, tomorrow, where would it be? Any place, any country in the world. Um, so this one, I flip flop. Um, I'll be honest. One of my goals, I have been doing um, Duolingo pretty much every single day since the beginning of the pandemic, I bought the subscription and I've been, mm -hmm. I already knew Spanish and I was pretty good at Spanish, but I'm really, number one, I'm really trying to be fluent because we have a very high Hispanic population in our school. And I just, number one, want to talk to my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and number two, I just have always loved the culture, always have loved the culture. Um, and so I think like if I was to go anywhere, this is going to be a broad answer, but I would really like to take a trip to South America. Just, um, mm -hmm. I want to hop in my, hop in a, uh, Volkswagen van and I just want to drive South and go yeah. down the Pan Am highway and, you know, just stop at little bodegas and just little bitty places off the map. And just to be able to talk to people. Yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. Um, yeah, I've never been anywhere in South America. Um, in New Mexico. That's yeah, it. Costa Rica is the furthest south I've gone. Okay. Um, and lovely, beautiful. Uh, if, for myself, I think I would, uh, I would go somewhere in Southeast Asia. And I've been really wanting to go to Thailand for a really long time. So that that's probably where I'd want to go somewhere like, for me, very outside of my comfort zone of anywhere that I've been around the world. So um, you could yeah. practice your Muay Thai. That's right. I would probably go and uh, train. I would. I, I would love that. Um, it's nice. definitely not the cushy experience that I have um, at my uh, my academy that I go to. But uh, from the stories that I hear from some of my trainers and instructors, um, it's like the ultimate experience. So that would be really cool. I would love that. It's like Daniel-san going back to Japan. Yeah, that's right. Actually, <laughs> very authentic. Yeah. All right. So, um, Miss Pav, I think I know you a little bit better and, mm -hmm. um, you haven't hopped off this podcast yet. So obviously <laughs> yeah. you want to stick around and answer some more questions. So, um, my next one has, so we're going to, we're going to start getting into this education space. Um, mm -hmm. that's kind of the name of the game here. Um, this is a podcast very much intended to, um, to connect the vision of one with the passions of another. Um, Simon Sinek says, not everybody's got to have the vision. Um, sometimes it just takes one person's vision, another person's passions to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really want to talk about and start talking about this education stuff. Um, but for, but before we get to the idea, I'm always interested in how education found a person. Um, cause I'm a firm believer that education finds us. I haven't talked to many people where it's been the other way. Um, mm -hmm. So talk to me how you got into this education space. Yeah, uh, definitely was not seeking education, um, especially when I was young. It wasn't anywhere near where I wanted to be in terms of a career. It was uh, always the sciences. I got into kinesiology and health uh, sciences in university. Um, I was looking to be a physiotherapist or a sports trainer working on a team or uh, an occupational therapist in that realm. That's where I was thinking of going. Um, 
Uh, my dad worked for an, uh, a pharmaceutical company, a major pharmaceutical company in the city, and uh, they had a student program. So when I was in university, um, I applied to work as a, as a student over the summer. And, um, and, and I got the job and I worked for the summer. And after I finished my, my stint over the summer, I was actually hired to work in the health and safety department um, of, of, the, of the company. And, uh, and I delivered training to new employees. Uh, that was my job to deliver the training and to, and to uh, make sure that their standard operating procedures were up to date when they entered their new role. So that was my job. So it was very interesting. Uh, I was very green, but I enjoyed working in health and safety. I was like, this is cool. I could do this. Um, but more than just working in health and safety, I loved training the new employees. I loved getting up in front of them and teaching a class on, you know, how to appropriately do X, Y, Z. And, uh, and, and the person that I shared my office with, uh, Anthony, he was a former teacher who made the jump out of education to work in this corporate setting for a little change of scenery. And he said to me, you know, if you really love the teaching aspect of this job and hate the amount of time that you spend in the filing room, um, maybe you should just become a teacher because you seem to really enjoy that. And so um, I didn't give it very much thought. I said, I think that I, I think that you're right. I think that this is something that I never had considered before. And I absolutely love teaching the classes when new new employees arrive here. And so uh, probably that weekend, I went and applied to uh, a few teachers colleges and and I got in and then the rest is history. It was just been smooth, like I don't wanna say smooth sailing, but it's been sailing uh, for 15 years now. And, and every year is a fresh new year and every year there is something different. And I have, it's 15 years in and I have yet to be in a stagnant or bored place where I'm like, no, I think I'm done. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely was a very interesting experience for me. And, and uh, you know, every day, every day that I'm a teacher and, and I'm asked to reflect on how I got into teaching, I, I thank Anthony to this day to say, you know, you, you pushed me into this and you gave me this as something that I had never considered before. And, and I love it. And it was absolutely the right decision. Yeah. You know, um, your story eerily, eerily parallels several guests in that, uh, that these ideas to become a teacher came from a connection with somebody else. Like if mm -hmm. you had not had that connection with Anthony, would he have felt comfortable enough to approach you and say, hey, Pav, you know, I think you ought to be, and, and what would have happened, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm sure you would be fine. You know, you would probably be running some fortune 500 company <laughs> somewhere in the world. Um, but at its most basic element, all the way down to protons, neutrons, electrons, life is all about the connections. And yeah. when we take the moment to reflect the greatness in our lives, normally spurred from some type of positive connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I yeah. think that that's really cool. I get it. You know, I would not have been an um, educator if I had not. Um, at the time I was bartending, um, I was a single dad. I was working 
three jobs at the time. And um, I was bartending and I met this guy who worked at our community college. And he's like, Hey, Ryan, I know, you know, at this time I was like 23, 24, wasn't in college. He was like, you know, I think I could get you some, uh, uh, an adult education grant to get you go to back to school. And that's what he did. And that's why I started back at community college and went down the path. But if it had not been for that connection, kind of like you, I would not be on the trajectory. So Mm-hmm. All you people out there, do not underestimate the power of your connections every single day with somebody. And I think that's why it's important to always have or try to have a positive connection. Yeah. And and it, it, it it's never like a huge push that somebody gives you. It's yeah, always right. just that small little uh, inkling, that small little idea that they've put in there in, into your head. And, and that's all it takes. It's like the, you know, that butterfly effect. It's, that's right. All it takes is that little flap of the wings to to kind of push you into a an entirely different direction in your life, and um and it and it and it's fantastic. I think it's amazing. It completely is amazing. Um, okay, so now that we know how Ed found you, we know you've been in this game for fifteen years, same amount of time as I have. Um, there are absolutely and definitely some problems in Ed. Um, and while I don't like to have a deficit mind, I don't like to um, harp on the negatives of education. We can't change education, the system, until we actually identify what those problems are. So um, I'm interested in what you think one of your one of the problems that you see as a you know an issue with education these days. Yeah, so I gave this um, I gave this a lot of thought, and I think more than more than it is a problem, I think it is just something that needs a little bit of redefinition, yeah. um, a little bit more taking a a little bit of a closer look at this whole idea. And in my fifteen years, I've um, gone back and forth many times. Um, internally and with other people about moving into administration. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that I have decided that it's it's not for me and not that there's anything wrong with it. I think that um, I am not maybe best suited for that for that role for whatever reasons, um, my own reasons and and, you know, things that are external to me as well. But but something that I have always found is that um, the voice of the teacher is often not as amplified as as we'd like it to be. I think that the idea that teachers should consider themselves as leaders is only really on paper or, you know, people will only say it. Um, but when it comes down to it, teachers are not really given that voice to uh, to really amplify their message or the things that they believe in or given um, decision-making opportunities or, uh, you know, allowed to use their practitioner experience to, to be able to lead, like, openly and really provide their input on things. I feel as though... Um, you only really have a say in those things if you've decided to move into administration. So, and, and it's like, you know, you've got all of these great ideas. Why don't you be, become an administrator right. Right. that I, I've, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that. And, 
And I really just feel like teachers need to be valued. Those teachers that make the decision that they they want to be teachers. And who knows, maybe five years down the road, they might change their own minds. I might change my own mind. But for the time being, if that is the decision that teachers have made, then they are still leaders in that space. They are still doing things that are that are leadership things within their buildings, within their spaces. And they need to be heard and listened to and not pushed aside because they have said, well, maybe administration is not for me. Okay, well, then I don't really need to listen to what you have to say. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, this is this is something that happens a lot more than we really like to vulnerably talk about. Yeah. And so for myself, um, in my own experience, and also from what I have seen, I just don't feel like uh, teachers voices are really valued as as leadership voices. Um, other than just, you know, on paper to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. teacher, vo- teachers are leaders, teachers are leaders. But when it boils down to it, uh, it's we're not really listened to much. No, um, again, this is really why I, why I really like you. I really like the rawness and the the um, like, let's just say it. Let's just talk about it. Let's get the elephant out. Um, because you're exact, I wish I could disagree with you, but I, I agree with you. Um, sometimes there is a very hierarchical, there's a hierarchy in the school. Mm -hmm. Um, we like to say there's not, we like to talk about shared leadership. We like to talk about, you know, all of this stuff, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, I think you're right because teachers, that want to make a big difference within that school or within their district are encouraged to move up. Um, and yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Um, my own philosophy is if I go into an interview or if somebody asks me if I'm the lead, you know, the content expert of the school, no, I don't want to be the content expert of the school. That's not my job. My content experts of the job of the school are in the classrooms. So if you have a question about the content or you have a question about where our school needs to go academically, it's not for me, it's for my staff. Um, But I very much agree with you. So then my question is, okay, so if the problem is we don't value or we don't amplify, then what can we do to kind of counteract that? Yeah, and, and that's a tricky thing. I think that um, teachers need to hold each other up as much as they possibly can and 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 support each other in making those decisions because um, I think that what happens a lot in, in my own experience and from what I have just observed, I think I'm a little bit more in tune to this now that I've been paying more attention to it, um, is that the decision it has already been made and then there is this open call for ideas there's this open call for we want to hear what you want to do in the school we want to see your leadership we want to see what ideas you can bring to uh to amplify to you know to bring up students in academic scores or you know get more students involved in extracurricular activities or or start a student podcast or whatever it is uh, and and it's great. Bring all of the ideas, but when it boils down to the yeah. end, it's yeah. it's the decision has already been made from the top down. So you know, and then it becomes red tape that teachers need to cut through. Um, and then you know what? It becomes very frustrating when I was given uh, 
so-called free reign to do what I needed to do to develop students in X, Y, and Z. But then, but then I have to now cut through this red tape, which I didn't know existed. So, um, so what I think what needs to happen is that teachers need to speak up and supporting each other and say, you know what, I, I agree with what you are doing. And I think that this is where we need to go with this. And I think that we should push forward. Um, because there are times when I have brought great ideas to the table, but because it doesn't align with the, the already made decision from that higher, from said hierarchy, um, it, it, it's not something that flies, even though it could be something that's really uh, cutting edge or something that you know would bring a lot of a lot of interest from students um, in in participating in and and just uh, make a name for the school, make a name for the student body, and then and then it gets shut down. So I think that what teachers need to do is is be there for each other and amplify each other's voices. Yeah. Uh, and so, and that, that, that goes hand in hand with what Che and myself have been doing with the staff room podcast. Um, we really want to amplify the teachers. We used to have the segment in our podcast episodes called the three enlightened minutes. And we tried to feature as many teachers as we could uh, from around the world, just doing simple things like just, you know, a really cool activity activity that they've been doing in their classroom that is something that we had never heard of sure. amplify it um you know show it off share what your neighbor is doing in their classroom that's something you know that you know somebody in the other classroom has never seen before um because we we are really good as teachers of of keeping the amazing things that we are doing to All ourselves yep and I think that what works really well is when you see something, share it. When you see something that is working really well, go to your other neighbor on the other side and say, hey, did you know that she's doing this in that room? I mean, that's amazing. Um, and and amplify each other. I think that that's where it's going to have to begin. Um to really show that that teachers are offering things of value so that those teachers don't don't experience that imposter syndrome that feeling yeah. that I'm not doing anything valid because I've never been validated by my by my administration. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, I think it has to start with the teachers amplifying each other and um, and then also not being afraid to to say hey you know what I am doing something great and you may not think so but. I think that others will. So yeah, yeah. I have um, three, three reflection, reflections from that um, mm -hmm. standardization, uh, cockiness, and um, oh gosh, I'll think of the third one here in a second. But my point was, I should have written it down. My point was um, sometimes we are, and I think this is a bigger thing, but we try to standardize everything. And if we can't standardize everything, then we don't trust it. And so mm -hmm. my idea is um, let's let you do whatever you want in your classroom as long as it is working. Um, if you are doing something different in your classroom than the other person next door, that's totally okay. You don't all have to follow the same pacing guide. Um, you all don't have to follow the same lesson plans. Um, if you're covering the same standards and, you know, you, if you have a common assessment, you're, you've covered those standards by X amount of time or whatever, then that's good. Um, mm -hmm. Next thing is, oh, I, I, I remember my third one. Education is not a competitive sport. We've got to mm -hmm. stop making it a competitive sport. Um, I think that comes down from testing craze. That was just a, 
um, a sad side effect of the testing craze that um, I've sat when I was a teacher, sat in meetings where principals went over assessment data in front of everybody. Um, mm -hmm. And so it became a competitive nature. And so you didn't want to share with the person next door. And I would like to see that broken down. Um, and then my third thing is I want teachers to be cocky. Like I want you to realize the bad ass that you are. Um, there was a time for thousands of years where the only two people, the two people that re were revered the most in a community were priests and teachers um, because priests uh, tapped into the spiritual and um, teachers were the ones that passed on the knowledge from generation to generation. And we need to get back to that. Um, mm -hmm. Teachers literally are the badasses and we need to keep acting like that, treat each other like that but knock down those competitive walls. Um, so yes, I completely agree with what you were saying. Yeah, I think uh, I think the 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 danger is in in egos that get set up with hierarchies, and um, I think that 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 can be tough because you know I, I as an administrator I don't know what hoops you had to jump through I don't know the things that you need to needed to do, um, but what I do know is that everybody has the ability to be vulnerable with one another, and everybody has the ability to um, show empathy. Yep. to one another and uh and if you are a principal you've definitely been in a teacher's shoes at some point in your life and so um it is something that i think that i think that uh, that that ego can be very troublesome um especially when you're trying to assert yourself in, in a particular space and so um I think that, you know, administrators, not that I, not that I can really speak for administrators because I am not one. Um, but it's, it's, it's that whole idea of, of establishing trust between the two parties. And I think that that trust needs to come from that, that, that power position first and saying, you know what, I trust my teachers. I know that you're going to be bringing value to this school that that is going to align with the school improvement plan or, you know, the the goals of the school and, and give them the opportunity to shine and share what they have, what expertise they have, because they're doing it every day. They are the boots that are on the ground and they are the ones that are the active practitioners. And, and you really have to let them do their thing. Um, and, 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 you know, there are places where teachers will, or teachers need to be um, reined in a little bit. I think that there's a lot of excitement that many teachers experience, but, and, and that's fair. Um, but for the most part, teachers' voices need to be heard. And it's something during this COVID experience that um, I think I've seen and felt a lot more because um, I, not once have I been asked what process will work in the class when it comes to teaching during a pandemic. Um, all of these things have been come down to us from from people who think that they know better, but have, have never, never been in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, I spent a year teaching out of a gymnasium last year because I had so many students that I couldn't fit them in a classroom. So I was literally teaching all day out of a gym. Um, and it was bless you. It was an incredible experience. I mean, there were there were some real highs, but overall, 
Um, I every day I went home with no voice, um, you know, speaking in that space. And and if and I have a voice that carries. I mean, I could not hear a single soul that was speaking in that classroom in that gym. So just zigzagging my way through. And and how unproductive is that? And so. Um, yeah, I just it was a very frustrating experience. And not once was I ever asked, hey, is this going to work? Right. Because I would have told you right from the get go. No, it is not. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I definitely believe in that. It's kind of like my parenting style. Uh, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. Um, exactly. You know, for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm kind of loosey goosey, but then I also kind of believe in um, logical consequences. So, you know, do it. And if it doesn't work, you'll probably hopefully learn from it. Um, if you don't, then guess what, daddy or Mr. Scott will step in. Um, but and, and we also live in a world where literally our teachers and this is goes out to my listeners, you should be connected to a PLN. Um, you should find your tribe. Um, because there are people out there all over the world that you can connect with through Twitter, through Facebook, whatever, social media, Instagram, whatever. And I promise you, you're going to find support out there if you are not finding it within your own building. Um, and I know personally, because I've been there, that will help you through the rough times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that PLN is essential. And I think that, um, it's great if you can find a, a PLN within your building that you can connect with on a daily basis. Um, but if you don't have that, there there's definitely that social media space. Um, you know, we've we've established so many great connections with totally. teachers all over the world, um, and we consider them to be our PLN because we bounce ideas off of them, we learn from them, they learn from us, and. And we share some of our experiences, our trials and our tribulations um, in, in this field of, of teaching. I mean, this is education is huge. It's huge. And there are vast differences around the world, but there are also such giant commonalities yeah. that that we have found. And, and I think that over this past year and a half, that has really uh, resonated, that has really um, become very obvious um, because we have connected with more educators around the world and talking about how are you dealing with, you know, what teaching looks like in your space right now. Um, it's, it's given us an opportunity to, to establish some really great connections and learn from each other on a global scale. And um, I hope that that is something that does not go back to normal Amen. in quotations. Amen. Yeah. So two things for my listeners. Um, first, as soon as you hang up uh, today, I want you to hop on Twitter, hop on somewhere and start working on your PLN. Um, reach out to Pav, reach out to me. We will gladly join your PLN um, or like I like to call it the PLF, uh, professional learning family. Um, but exactly what Pav, Pav said, um, start working on those connections within your own building. Um, for most of us, those are the people that we're going to spend the majority of our time with. Um, so build those relationships. Um, don't be that teacher that just goes into their room on the planning period and just closes the door. You know, go into somebody else's, talk about your family, invite each other out, go out for a couple pints. Um, because like Pav said, you need each other. 
Um, and then I want to also urge you to amplify your own voice, like Pav is saying, be assertive. Um, don't be, you know, distastefully assertive. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying, you know, you are an expert in your own field. Um, don't be afraid to give your opinion, to give your voice. Um, because most of the time, and, and I would gather say you are the most how do, how do I want to say this? You are the most qualified person in the building because you're actually in there with the kids. And I hope for any of my administrator folks out there, um, I don't mean to knock administrators because obviously I'm an administrator as well. Um, but I've been out of the classroom. Kids have changed in the four years that I have been in, well, five years that I've been in administration. But the people that are on the ground know better. So Pav, what's your kind of reflection on that? And then we're going to start uh, winding this party down. Yeah, um, I, I think that I don't think that we need to be afraid to say that that the the teachers are those are the, the ones that are the most qualified in their own space, because um, nobody knows my students in my space as much as as well as I do. Uh, and, that, and that is the case every year. Um, and so I, I, you know, we build a rapport with one another from day one. And that is, that is something that we've known that we need to do as educators. And that is our professional responsibility as well uh, to set that up. So um, I don't, I don't know that there, there should be very many administrators that take offense to that, to that comment. Um, trust your trust your teachers they know what they're doing that's right and uh and or not only should them. yeah exactly um and and not only uh should teachers be amplifying their own voice or not afraid to amplify their own voices but i think that 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 amplification needs to happen for those that are around you too. So especially if you are a experienced teacher and, and there is a new teacher that is just absolutely afraid to voice their own concerns, recognize that, know that, and, and know where you are needed and where your expertise is needed. Okay. Because part of, part of being a teacher with 15 years of experience, 20 years, 30 years of experience is knowing when, when your peers need your back or you need to have their back. And so be there for them and, and offer that, offer that ex expertise in helping them because you are a leader in that space, regardless of um, whether your voice is being heard um, or not. Uh, and so, you know, help out your peers with that. It's something that I am definitely doing. I, and I don't know if this is just, it's evolved to become this because I have now been teaching for as long as I have, but, um, but I just find myself, yeah, I, I, I find myself gravitating towards those that might need yeah. me to give them a little bit of that guidance or whatever. Not, not that I'm seeking out those opportunities. It just kind of happens that, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been in that space for 15 years. So I, I've learned a few things in the, in the process. So um yeah stand up for one another and then uh and then trust trust the teachers that to know that they they know what they're doing in that space and they know what's best for the students that they're working with um every single day beautiful beautifully said um i couldn't agree with you more so uh pav we're gonna start winding this down um if there is anybody out there that would really love to connect with you uh, maybe would like to join your pln um, 
maybe, I don't know, just wants to bounce an idea off of you. How can they get a hold of you? There are several ways. Um, Chayandpav.com is probably the number one way. We have, uh, you know, feedback, a contact form there. Um, and there's lots of great information, like our podcast, the radio show, and our blog site is also up at chainpav.com. So it's a great place for you to even submit maybe some of your own writing. We've posted a number of guest blogs um, from bloggers uh, out in the, the world. So that has been a really great place to connect. Uh, Twitter, we are very active at Staff Podcast or at Pav Wander is where you can reach me there or at the Drive Voice Said. Uh, we have about 17 handles. Um, <laughs> we're on instagram we're on facebook we're on linkedin uh there's there's a lot of different ways that you can reach us uh info at chainpap.com is also a great place to reach us excellent i didn't know about all those but now i do <laughs> now you do oh, yeah. Yeah, now, I'll be now we have uh more ways to connect excellent Ryan. <laughs> excellent and if and if all else fails send up the bat signal um yeah and pav will come running yeah so um once again, I'm going to end us, and I'm just going to tell you thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart. It has been um, it has been a, a really good hour. It has been really fun to connect with you, um, laughed, talked about some serious stuff. Um, I appreciate your heart. I appreciate um, your boots on the ground. I, I appreciate that you are standing up for people. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I appreciate that you want to stay a teacher. Um, and you want to amplify those people around you. So just thank you. Thank you very much, Ryan. It has been a great conversation. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm really glad that you got to know Canada a little bit more through <laughs> you through South Park better, in, yeah. the, in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I had a great time chatting with you. And you're absolutely right. It's serious and funny, but um, but that made for a great conversation. And I think uh, listeners will enjoy that as well. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And so uh, my friends out there, I'm going to leave you with a quote on dreaming. Do not tell people your dreams, show them. And so with that, I'm going to leave you like I always do. Um, a quote that my grandpa Janoski used to tell me every time that I left, God rest his soul. Until the next time, I will see you in the funny paper. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion and together let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.